Welcome to the Birth Library. Thank you so much for being here. During this session, I chat with Freya and Freya has had two birth experiences and she's the first person I've spoken to with two birth experiences. And it was just so interesting to talk about the way each birth differed so greatly. Her first birth with her daughter May was an induction at 38 weeks and that was due to high blood pressure. And she speaks of the lack of support and empathy during May's delivery, which ultimately resulted in a traumatic birth experience for Freya. Um, her second birth with her son Ollie was extremely healing. It was spontaneous and Freya birthed with no intervention. Uh, what an amazing and extreme contrast Freya's births were. Freya's ability to process her first birth was really astounding and I was pretty awestruck by her determination to do it again and so soon after um uh, yeah I was just so impressed I just want to apologize as well for the sound quality in the last couple of sessions hasn't been fantastic um I'm very green to this and I've done a lot of thinking and researching and I've found a way that I can make the sound a lot better so next session things should be a lot clearer. Thank you so much for joining me Freya. Oh you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. It's my absolute pleasure. If you could start off by telling the listeners about yourself and your family and where you're living, that would be great. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm 29, I've two kids. One is about to turn four. Um, the other one is 22 months. Yeah, so we've nearly two. So we're about two years apart. Um, yeah, I grew up in Brian, or not Brian, Jimmy Carey, Brian. Um, yeah, and we sort of went to Sydney for a while and did the Sydney thing and then came back to have the kids because there's no better place to raise the kids for. It's pretty ideal here, isn't it? Yes, so yeah. ideal. You're the first person the birth library's spoken to with two birth experiences, so it's going to be... Oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, really interesting yeah. to sort of think about how you wanted things to be different the second time or how you didn't mm -hmm. want things to be different and sort yeah. of how one person can have two very, very different experiences which are so different. Like I can't even believe how different they were. Like yeah. nothing could have prepared me for that really. Um but kind of cool having a knowledge about, you know, like a difficult birth and then also a really smooth one. Like I sort of feel like I've gained something really positive from both. If no one was a lot harder than the other one. Yeah, and I know that May's birth had a lot more complications and so we might talk about that in a lot of detail and we'll just start off with um, your pregnancy with May and anything that arose during that time and how you were feeling. Oh, it was a bit of a shock actually. Like, I will admit May wasn't planned. Um, she was a bit of a surprise. So that was a big shock for us. I, I think, you know, we sort of discussed about having children in the future anyway. So we sort of looked at the in our relationship and knew we'd do it one day, but then she sort of, Turned up. Um, Had her own timing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was in so yeah, she turned up. Um, so that was a big shock. So we went through a big sort of um, process to sort of, um, I don't know, settle into the idea. 
Um, but yeah, I felt pretty good about that once we made the decision to continue and go on with having her. Um, because I was really sick, so medicated for that because I um, was vomiting you know, like 10 times a day. Couldn't keep water down, couldn't go to work, couldn't eat. It was really tough and I didn't see that coming. So it was a big emotional sickness kind of thing. But then I got to 12 weeks and it felt amazing from then on. So I really enjoyed it at 12 weeks onwards. It was just like a world of wonder and new sorts of things that I was learning. And it was, yeah, really nice. And then I started sort of making plans to move back to Byron um, with Pete so we could have her here um, and, you know, have family around for support. Um, and decided we wanted to go to um, Mullum Birth Clinic, which is now Byron, but it was Mullum back then in 2014. Yeah, two years ago now. Um, yeah, but she was a beautiful midwife who I'd known since I was a baby, um, Leanne, who is just the most wonderful soul ever. Um, yeah, I just kind of continued that way and really enjoyed um, pregnancy, I guess. I just sort of had no complications from 12 weeks onwards. Um, but then I got to 36 weeks and all of a sudden my blood pressure went up really high, like, like really high. Like I think it was one day it was normal and the next day it was like 160 over like 120 or something, which is like way too high. I think 140 over 90 is like the normal, where normal stops being normal. Um, so yeah, that was quite scary. Yeah, and they just um, discovered that at a, a routine sort of examination as you were yeah. nearing the end of your pregnancy, you have a lot more checkups and Yeah, okay. yeah, but they had sort of, I didn't realise at the time that they were sort of checking even more. Okay, we're doing a lot of home visits that I just thought was normal, but then in retrospect they kind of said, oh, you know, we've been a bit worried about for a while, but we didn't want to alarm you. Yeah. Like, you know, that can cause even more stress, which then can cause blood pressure to go up more. So, um, when it was that high, though, they were like, we're really sorry, but you know, you're going to have to go to the hospital tomorrow and we're going to have to call the doctor and you probably have to go up to Tweed and be assessed up there. So I was just like, oh, okay. Just sort of sort of go to Mullum and get checked out and then go home again. Um, but I got to Mullum and the doctor turned up, um, Tonya Corrin, who is wonderful as well. And she was like, oh, sorry, but you're going to have to go in an ambulance to Tweed and we're going to, they're going to have to take over and, um, you know, stop the trauma because it's quite dangerous where it is at the moment. And um, I was just kind of telling you, what do you mean you have to go in an ambulance to Tweed? Like, what? I thought mm. Yeah, so that was really hard. And I got to Tweed. Um, I was pretty, pretty, yeah, a bit worried at this point. Got to Tweed. Um, and waited in the waiting room for a little while on a bed and um, the obstetrician came in and said, um, okay, so you've got high blood pressure, going to have to stay for four nights, as three or four nights, probably get under control and you're definitely not going to be well anymore. And I was just like, what? Mm. What do you mean? Um, because, uh, and you're not allowed, I wasn't allowed to take Leanne at this point with me up to Tweed either because her sort of um, role and that my mom, like she can't be my midwife at Tweed as well. So I was sort of up there by myself waiting for Pete to turn up and this obstetrician I'd never met before said that, you know, my dream was nothing that Mullen was over and I couldn't stay the hospital on for a little while and yeah, it was a big shock. I was really upset because I think um, before you 
is the uh, sort of get really used to this idea of where you'll be and who will be around you and what it's going to look like. And then all of a sudden that was taken away and it was really upsetting. And those um, relationships you build with particularly your midwives are so important. And when that's taken away from you, it is quite it's like starting yeah. all over again and it's quite shocking. Yeah. Yeah, I was sort of like I was really confident about the whole pregnancy and starting my calm birth and done lots of yoga and I felt really good about the whole thing and then all of a sudden I was told like, No, you're not going to Mala, you're not going with your midwife, you're coming to speed and mm. um you'll be medicated from the rest from now on for the rest of the pregnancy for your high blood pressure and you'll have to plant here to the high risk clinic twice a week and yeah, it was a real shock because all of a sudden the whole sort of um care program that I was so used to was turned upside down and I had to start I wasn't allowed to go to Mullen anymore. I had to go to Tweed. Um after that initial four days where they sort of trial off medications to sort of get the blood pressure under control. Um and checked for preeclampsia, which I didn't have preeclampsia at this point, just high blood pressure. So I medicated me and said four days later. Um but from then on I had to go to Mullumba once a week, um, to the high risk clinic there, which is a whole other experience. It's like almost like a factory line of pregnant women. It was it was really confronting compared to the matching experience I had at Mullum. Yeah, so I started going there and Leanne is so wonderful. Her and Salome I my um student at last she they both came with me to every visit anyway, just as friends, which was so wonderful. And I was birth as well actually. Yeah. Um, so that helped. That really helped. But yeah, at the end of the day they weren't the ones sort of in charge of it anymore and I was just sort of so given up to each time which was yeah that was it was hard I won't mind mm. um yeah but then I made it to 38 weeks and all of a sudden for every week pretty much they would double my blood pressure medication because they're like oh it's up again like my whole life actually became ruled around these ruled by these um blood pressure numbers because I knew exactly what too high was and every time I'd go there and of course it'd be too high again so it sent me home with like double the medication which made me feel like one of the side effects of it is it makes me feel like groggy and lethargic and nauseous and just I pretty much just didn't leave the house from then on like I was just exhausted all the time I mean you're exhausted from pregnancy anyway but mm. it was just next level kind of fatigue so yeah it was just like endless <laughs> Yeah, I got a medical surgery because I was like, oh, no, it's really hard again. You're on a max dose. Um, you're going to have to go to Tweed Hospital again and stay there while we assess what's happening. Um, and I got there and they said, like, that's it. You have to be induced, like, today, if need be. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, another food is just... Um, yeah, that was really upsetting. Um, but... I managed to sort of negotiate with him a little bit for another few days. Um, so I could go home and, you know, mentally prepare myself for an induction, which is something I was really hoping to not have as well. Like, you know, if you're looking, because my mum is firing now, you know, your only goal sort of is like a natural labour and hopefully be able to get in the water and, you know, do it as naturally as possible. But, um, yeah, an induction is very very much medically um yeah pushed I guess like that's kind of what makes it happen and like that's fine like inductions are necessary in some situations too but I just mentally and emotionally was so not prepared for that yeah I can understand that 
And do you yeah. mind if I jump back a bit? I just wanted to ask, mm. um, having high blood pressure, was there any signs that your body gave you that that was happening or was it just a massive shock when they told um, you? There was actually. I wasn't feeling... Um, I felt absolutely fine when I were doing all the extra funny visits that I sort of thought was doing. But then one day I woke up and I just had this absolutely like splitting headache. Mm. I was like, it was distracting almost. Like I just sort of couldn't, and I had a few panadols and it worked. I told her, I told the air, and she said, I'll have to tell her what Like it didn't go away. And then I messaged her again saying, like, look, I just don't, this is a full on. I've never had a headache like this before. I'm like, what's going on? And she was like, okay. You need to go to like Mountain Clinic, like right now, and I'll meet you there. Um, so yeah, I think she sort of knew what was happening and was almost expecting it. Um, so yeah, it was a shock for me. Yeah. So you got you got a f- few days to sort of come to terms with what was happening, and then mm. we jump into um, the day of induction. Great. Yeah, that was oh, that was a big day because I just remember. Um, leaving the house with Pete, basically the one was going to go up there um, the night, like in the night time, just like just before dinner, like 5pm kind of thing. Um, and they start the process then. So Pete and I sort of left the house at about 4 o'clock, knowing that when we came home, we would have a baby with us. And it's just having that sort of knowledge that it would never be the same again when we walked through those doors and it wouldn't be just us two anymore. It was just like emotional kind of like oh, waiting for our lives to change and knowing we had to go through this enormous thing to get there. And it was, oh, it was really emotional. I remember crying. <laughs> mm. um, but yeah, we got there um, and basically the way they start an induction is they put some, like a bit of tape with some, um, like a bit of gel on it. I can't remember what it's called now. So I think it's called, it's like, like mimics, um, the prostaglandins that make you dilate. Basically. Yeah, that's the deal. Kind of yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So they basically told me what was going to happen, and they said, "Oh, you know, we'll just put this tape in, and you'll go to sleep, and you probably won't notice anything, and you'll you'll slowly dilate through the night. In the morning, we'll see what's happening. Um, pretty straightforward, you know." So I was like, "Okay, yeah, I could do that. I could do that." So they put that in, um, which was pretty. Oh, I found that pretty brutal, to be honest. With you. In fact, I had was quite abrupt, um, which I just wasn't. I don't know. I'd never met it before. I guess I would have seen anyone as abrupt, probably, because I was so used to quite flying you from home. Um, so she put that in, and I went off to the wall and lay down. And within like five minutes, I was just like, "Oh God, what is that pain? Like, I feel like it's really intense period pain." And Pete was like, oh, what? What's happening? I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, gosh, I'm going to go. And so I was like, throwing up and then started having really intense contractions. I didn't know that there were contractions at the time um, because I'd never had one before. I just felt like really, really strong, like unbearable period pain. So we called the midwife um, and she came over and hooked me up to a CTG. And she was like, oh, my goodness, you're having like a contraction every minute. Like, look, this is this is way too, like, this is a really extreme reaction. Like, we we need to get the tape out right now. Took it out, and I just felt like the inside was in dirt. Like, it's like I had an allergic reaction to it almost. Like, I just felt sore and in pain and just sick. And, yeah, it was full on. So I had, like, um, that taken out and went and got, they ran me a bath in the birth, they took me to a birth suite because I think they thought, like, 
lit like a dawn. Actually, I got to lay down. Um, put me in the bath to sort of calm me down and get things to slow down a bit because, like, you know, a contraction every minute is like what's happened before you're in transition, not in free labor. Mm. So, um, yeah, it was extreme. So I took that out and I went and had a bath and I felt all right. Still had contractions throughout the night, but um, I sort of, they were manageable and I was able to sleep through them. And Pete, bless him, slept in the chair next to me. He refused to go home. Typically don't let them stay because I don't swim there, but Pete wouldn't take that and slept in the recliner next to me. What a sweetheart. Bless him. I know. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, and the next morning at 9 a.m., I think the um, obstetrician came in and he was, and um, she actually, she read this charter. She was like, we're going to do an internal and we're going to see how, you know, how far along you are and if you can break some orders. Um, so she did that and, and I was like two and a half, three centimeters, I think. So she, um, she was like, okay, we're going to break your waters now and we're also going to hook you up to, um, is it symposium? That's it, yeah. Yeah, we're going to hook you up to it too and we're going to, you know, really start the process. So they put all the cannulas in there. So, but it wasn't just symposium, I had to have magnesium sulfate, which is, um, what stops you having a seizure? You've got a high blood pressure. So they put a cannula in for that and then another cannula in for the cytosine and then another cannula for um, another blood pressure medication. I can't remember what it's called now. There was three cannulas, three sorts of drips and things going on. Um, and then they gave me a handful of like blood pressure pills as well because it's a known sort of thing that inductions can raise blood pressure. So again, they like, really hit me hard with all this blood pressure stuff wow. um, as well. Yeah, it was, it was full on. And then they broke my waters and it was on from then on. Like it was toasted on that highest level. My waters had broken. I started having like really intense contractions, like four minutes apart, I think, from then on. But, um, oh gosh, I, it was just such a crazy cascade of events from then on. Um, the whole, like the total labor was six hours. So that happened. Um, and then I think, um, I started, I think because of all the blood pressure stuff, they dropped it. I, I don't really remember this part, but Pete told me this later that all of a sudden my blood pressure dropped really low for all of these drugs that they put me on, like they'd hit me too hard with it. So then I had to put another cannula in to bring my blood pressure back up again. So I was literally just like covered in cannulas at this point. Um, and they had a CTG belt on as well. So I had like the CTG belt, four cannulas. Um, oh, I was like sweating because the magnesium sulfate um, makes you really like red and hot and sweaty and really nauseous. So I was just like, I look back at the photos, I honestly cried to that woman. Like I just, I was like puffy and red and just exhausted and oh, it was just, it was extreme. I can't, it sounds so <laughs> full on, Freya. It sounds like yeah. you just, they hit you with everything, you know, to cover yeah. all their bases, but then mm, with your blood pressure yeah. dropping and oh, that sounds really intense. Yeah. Oh, it was full on and then. Um, I think I just, I think at this point I just kind of channeled into my, all my childless training and Pete sort of keeps like, kept saying to me, like, go to a happy place, wherever that is, go there and keep focusing. And, um, 
Leanne and Sal, maybe they too, and they were feeding me ice chips and, you know, getting wet cloths on my face to cool me down because I was so hot because I'd been sulfate. Um, and they were amazing. I think I just kind of kept going with that for about three hours. Um, like, uh, yeah, even though it was extra intense, and I can say it was very intense now because I had a natural labor as well. So it's like it, the first one was just so full on. Like, I just, mm. I don't know if it's like the endorphins were different because it's not a natural labor. I'm not really sure, but I just was really aware of the pain. It was really like, I was able to cope with it, but it was hard. It was really hard to cope with. Um, and then um, I think about three hours in, they sort of said, like, oh, the CPT isn't looking that reassuring. Um, we're not sure if the baby's handling the induction this that well. We're going to have to do a lactate um, sample, which is, um, I just remember absolutely blowing my eyes out at this point because they sort of get this long sort of, it's like a bit of a stick sort of and they take a prick from your baby's head like a drop of blood that they can then go and test to see like how distressed they are I've never so heard of went, that before yeah I think it, they won't do it unless they're really unsure about the CTG results right. um, and they came back and sort of said like it's not very reassuring um, we're a bit worried about her um we're not like we're gonna let you go for a little bit longer and we'll do another one in an hour and if it's still not reassuring then um we're gonna have to talk about plan B. Um so then the the doctor I think was at this point maybe it was just before the last time we sort of said like, Oh, you know, we're gonna have to get you to have a epidural now because we're pretty sure you're going to have to have a C section. Um so we want we wanna make sure that you're ready for that. Like if we have to go so you have to you have to kind of have one and I was like what I don't, I don't I'm coping I'm fine I don't want I don't want that like I'm I'm doing good like I feel like I can cope I really don't want to feel um but I spoke to my support person we had a midwife but she was my support person and I was my midwife and she sort of said like look I'm I'm not like I think if that's what they're recommending given the sort of um risk of this birth um then you should probably to it. So I was like, okay, I really don't want to push it with other human beings. So I went with that. And um, oh my God, it was the worst experience. The registrar um, who did it, so she tried four times. Um, and anyone who had the visual understand, like, it's quite, quite an invasive feeling. I, think, uh, I found it really hard to cope with. The feeling, um, I feels the contraction thing. Um, yeah, so she tried four times and finally she was happy with that with space. Um, but it just didn't work. All of a sudden, I was sort of numb from like the legs down, like just sort of above the knees, but I could feel everything else. Mm. And, um, but it meant I had to lie flat. It was really difficult because all of a sudden I was having this intense pain um, and I was sort of brought to yeah, I was so aware of it all at this point that I was starting to cope like I was finding it all stressful and intense to people in the room and I was just going to scan a little bit and say I can't I can't do this it's hurting like I'm going down my head and I just it's really intense and I, the registrar 
was just sort of yelling at me, like, push the button, honey, like, just really passive-aggressively and getting quite cross, I think, because I guess it sort of proved that she hadn't really done an amazing job at it. Um, so she was like, oh, I'm going to give you something else then, and ended up giving me, like, this drug that, like, is meant to numb your organs, so that I was pumping with all the drug, and, oh, it all just happened so fast. I feel like I didn't really get that much choice either. Like, it was sort of pushed on me, and I was just sort of telling the girls that they were thirsty for, and just kind of went with whatever they said, and it was just, and I just think I was just on every drug under the sun. I was sort of, like, dizzy and nauseous and, oh, and then not long after that, they sort of came back in and said, like, we're going to do the second half take now and see how you're going. And um, he, the obstetrician, the male obstetrician who was in charge at the time, I hadn't really met him. He just sort of walked in every now and again um, to sort of bark some orders at people and then run out again. He came in and was like, right, I'm going to do another lactate. And he did one. Um, took another sample from May's head. And it came back and it wasn't reassuring. Mm. Um, and that May had started to get a bit stressed. Um, and I think he'd said something along the lines of, I've just got 15 minutes and if you're not fully dilated when I get back, um, you're going to surgery kind of thing. And that's when I was just like, oh, my God, what is happening? And I think like a little Saturday when they, you know, they just really stepped up at that point and were just like, Whispering at you, like, don't give up now, go back to your calm place, keep breathing, keep thinking of opening, keep doing all that you're doing. And I, I think I like, closed my eyes and tried to get back to that place. And he came back about half an hour later and he was like, I'm going to go and see where you're at. And um, and he did, and he was like, Oh, you're 10 centimeters. And I was like, Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just so relieved. Oh, God. So what a thing to say to someone, like, you've got 15 minutes, as if you've yeah. got control. Yeah. It, it just feels like a bit of an aggressive thing to say to someone. It was very aggressive. I did, like, a year after my reform, and what that is complaint later. Um, it took me a long time to get to that point, but, yeah, just about that sort of the way I was treated emotionally and eventually, um, it was... From my perspective, perspective, and a lot of old people devote the birth, like malpractice, like it was, I was just treated so badly. Um, and not supported by him at all. It was just like a scary, he wasn't, not once did he sort of say, you know, you'll be okay, we're going to look after you. It was just like, you have to do this, you have to do this, or else kind of thing. As if you have um, control over it as well, you know. Yeah, you know, I was 38 weeks, I was really just not that ready for labor either. And I was pumping a million drugs. And, mm. um, yeah, so he sort of said, like, you're fully dilated, um, you need to start pushing. And if you haven't pushed for about half an hour, that's it, we're going to surgery kind of thing. So it sort of threatened me again. Um, and then it was kind of all of a sudden there were like 10 people in the room and all these midwives like pushing my legs up and like like coaching me to push at certain times and like the pressure was on. Like it was off and I could still feel everything as well from like, you know, from the knees down I was numb but everywhere else I felt everything. So it was really, really intense. Like I felt like I was going to die. It was just... Mm. Oh, when I compare that to a natural labor, I had to go like it's just, it was just next level. 
I think because I was my awareness was started in the room as well, I wasn't sort of given the peace and quiet and the lights were on and I wasn't able to go into my good place. I was really just like, you've got a job to do and you've got to do it in half an hour or you're going to have to go and get a C-section counseling. Um, and absolutely nothing against C-sections either, but I've made it that far that I was like, no, I can do this, I can do this, I want to do it. Um, yeah, so I just sort of pushed and pushed as hard as I possibly could and then um, I think she's the May started to crown, which is like amazing that I was at that point and she looked really blue, like really purple. And then all of a sudden all these pediatricians everywhere and um, the head doctor had come back in and he was like, we're going to have to do a vacuum and a pediotomy and we're doing it right now. And like sort of didn't ask, didn't sort of check in with me, nothing, just like this is what we're doing. And all of a sudden, mate, like it just happened so fast. Like all of a sudden he um, attached the vacuum to May's head and did the pediotomy and just like ripped her out and just like threw her on my chest pretty much. Um, it just happened so fast. <laughs> I just always don't remember it. Um, and she came out and the cold was around her neck twice. So she'd gone quite blue. Um, and they just sort of like rubbed her with towels and like, you know, gave her a back rub and stuff and she sort of put her colour came back really quickly, which was really good. Um, so that was great. Like, I was just relieved. I was just crying hysterically. Couldn't believe that I'd done it. Completely. I had new tape in my chest. It was just the biggest six hours of my life. Um, but then when they pulled her out because of the tension um, of the cord being wrapped around her neck twice, um, they pulled the placenta off the wall too, so I started hemorrhaging like a lot. Like I think um, all of a sudden, like I still had my arm chest, but all of a sudden everyone was panicking again and one of the people was like massaging my shirts from the outside and um, they were calling the head doctor back in again. Um, injected me with some oxytocin in my leg to sort of um, make my uterus contract quicker. Um, and it was just like all of a sudden it was all on again. Like I thought I was sort of my work was done and then it was really stressful again. And um, I think because of all the massaging, I remember saying like, stop touching me. Like, what are you doing? Because the massaging was really quite painful from the outside. But it must have worked because um, thankfully the hemorrhage stopped um, just in the nick of time because I think I lost like about a litre and a half of blood from that. Um, and I was quite weak, like a week following that because I'd lost so much. Um, yeah, so that was... <laughs> and, and, oh, God, it was just so, so intense. I just... Oh, but then after all of that had happened um, and everything had settled down and the hemorrhage had stopped and it was the placenta had been delivered, everyone lost the room and the lights were turned down and the food was brought and we were given this piece just me and take the baby all of a sudden and it was just heaven from then on. I feel yeah. quite emotional. I feel all I just thinking about everything you went through that that's yeah. too much for one person. It's just it, yeah, it really yeah. you know, it really was. It took me like a really, really long time to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I really struggled in postpartum period as well. The first six weeks, I think I just was couldn't sleep. I felt like I was, I didn't know it at the time, but I was displaying all symptoms of like postnatal depression and post traumatic stress as well. Like I was 
part of Vicky was, I wouldn't let anyone touch me, even if he could not handle it, if he called her. Like, if anyone came over and asked to hold her, I'd get really angry and, like, like, oh, it was just, yeah, I think that traumatic experience. And then, you know, you just sort of go home and you don't, I mean, my midwife um, checked in with me a lot and she ended up sending over, like, a psychologist to talk to me about it because I think she could tell that I was quite, um, traumatized by the whole thing um so that's I'm really glad she was there like even though I didn't birth at Mullum she still did the postpartum care that comes with birthing at Mullum so I was really really glad to have that because I think I really needed it um but yeah definitely that whole experience I was just so shocked for such a long time and I really I think I really only got over it um after I had Ollie and it was such a different experience and I was so supported and so I was I had a really trust with like trusty team and hired my own obstetrician so I knew who would be in charge and yeah that was a really experience I guess to know just how different it can be and that you know it wasn't my failure that caused all these things to happen with me but rather just you know it was a high risk experience there was high risk burns and it was a different team that I didn't know and yeah, all sorts of variables just made it so different the second time around. Yeah, and if you you could talk us through your birth with Ollie, that would be great. Yeah, um, I'd love to. That oh, I, like the best thing I've ever done in my whole life. <laughs> going for it again. Um, yeah. I mean, having babies, yeah, the best time of my life as well. But just having the courage to go through it all again and just trust that I would somehow find a way to. Um, you know, have a positive um, experience and I could, you know, find ways to get the right support. It was just, yeah, like frustrating. That's um, what I've been, I've just been thinking through the whole detailing of your birth experience is knowing that you did it again and you had the courage to do it again is just really, really yeah. admirable. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, think I just, I did do a lot of like work on myself, I guess, in between pregnancies, sort of. I just remember talking and talking and talking and telling whoever would listen all of the details and I'd ask to repeat back to me again, like, what happens at this point, this point? And I guess I just, yeah, I just let it all out until I got to a place where I didn't really need to talk about it anymore. And I felt, you know, really confident and especially when I got more confident with motherhood as well um yeah. I sort of realized like you know I actually did pretty good to do this even though this birth wasn't what I wanted and expected I'm here and I've got a healthy baby and I've done really well so all of those sorts of things um as well as having a twin brother so I really wanted my daughter to have someone she was close to growing up um just pushed us to sort of go for it and to yeah um so we yeah, we got we think we started from because it was only about one and it took a little while and I'm glad it did, but yeah, it took about seven months to get pregnant with Ollie and um when we did get pregnant we um Leanne, my midwife and mom, oh I just it was May, like she just she's the most wonderful person. I cannot speak about her highly enough. She recommended a doctor in Lismore called Doctor Adam Brook. Um who has really high reputation amongst all the Mullen midwives and all the midwives in general and anyone who's birthed him has had a really positive experience as well. Um, so she recommended him 
and they we didn't have private health insurance, but we were like, this is worth it. We're just going to fund it ourselves and hire this private obstetrician who can manage the pregnancy in case any of the complications happen that happened with me, like the high blood pressure, which I was terrified about mm. because I just didn't want to go through that whole medication and induction and all of that stuff again. Um, so I was terrified that it was going to happen again. Um, but I started seeing him about um, 18 weeks in Lismore and he is just the most wonderful man as well. He was just so reassuring and from the outset he's like, you're going to be fine. Like, I don't, he told me all this science behind hypothesis and what he thought caused it and basically it can't come down to like an allergic reaction to the father's genetic material is his idea of it. Um, so he was like, you know, basically the same dad, like you'll be fine, I'm going to be there every step of the way. There's nothing to worry about. I'll never do to you what happened at Tweed. Like, I've mm. got you that kind of thing. He was just, I, like, I cannot speak about him. <laughs> he was just the most wonderful man. Um, so I started seeing him. And um, I think I had a really smooth pregnancy in general. I had a, I was a bit nauseous, um, but not even nearly as cute as I was with me. Um, and I think I got to like 37 weeks and no high blood pressure, nothing. Everything was really normal. Um, yeah, actually, no, I made it to 40 weeks, I think, and it was really normal. And then I started to go overdue. Um, and once I sort of, sort of started making it to about 41 weeks, and my blood pressure started to creep up just a little bit. And that's when I was like, oh, no, here we go again. And he was mm-hmm. like, no. You're fine. Like we're just gonna keep rolling with it. We're not gonna medicate. I'm not gonna push you into adoption. I'm gonna let you go as long as I can. But you know, um, just keep your safety. Um, which is he's just a godsend. He's just amazing. Um, so I made it to 41 and I think five days. Um, and I went in for my final appointment with him. I think I think it was a Wednesday. Yeah, it was a Wednesday and it was a really hot day. It was a November, it was a really hot day before. And his appointment, my appointment with him was late um, because he was birthing, I think, like twins in Lismore. So I think my appointment was like four hours late and I was just so devastated. Like, oh my God, why am I so late? Because I was nearly 42 weeks by this point. So I ended up just like walking around hot Lismore or like pretty much for, like four hours. I was feeling all these black and I was like, oh, what's going on? Like, I'm just really defeated at this point. I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to have another induction. Oh, well. Um, but now I look back and, like, I was in proper pre-labor at this point. Um, and I went to see him and he was like, look, your blood pressure is starting to creep up. It's getting to the point where I'm going to have to say, we will have to do an induction. Like, how do you feel about scheduling that in? And I was like, okay, yeah, let's just do it. Like, fine I'm just going to give you into that um so we booked it in for the following Monday um which would have been like five five days later and um that night I went home um you know really peace you know I've been putting it off and fighting it for so long but then I was really at peace at that point and I just went to bed at I think about 10 o'clock and lay down and all of a sudden it's like Ollie was I don't know it was Ollie at the time yeah, obviously, I didn't know who it was. I was just having like a party in there, like giving <laughs> around and like head-butting myself. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. 
And then all of a sudden they had this really strong construction and I was like, oh, hang on, this is just another like round of free labor. So we'd have every night, we'd have like a couple of hours of construction that went nowhere. So I was like, oh, nothing. It's like a little free labor scam. Can we induce now? I'm just going to forget about it. And then like five minutes later, I was like, no, nah, that's another projection. What's going on here? And I started signing them and they're about four minutes apart, like from the start. They were just like textbook four minutes apart, really strong, they'd come up to peak and then they'd taper off and then four minutes later it happened again. Um, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know wake up Pete, I think this could be something. So I told him and he was like, yeah, that's great, like, are you okay? Like, what's happening? And I was like, no, it's not like a rest. I'm going to let you know when it gets more intense. Um, and so he, I think my name was me that night, so he ended up sort of getting up and down with her all night, you know. Thought and then it got to, I think I'd been home for like an hour and it was starting to get closer together. And they'd like three and a half minutes apart and they rang a big glass and moved off and said, like, This is what's happening. Um, I feel like it's, um, you know, the beginning of labor and I've, you know, it's been an hour of consistent contractions now. What should I do? And she was like, Well, given like your history of a pretty fast birth, the first time I think you should come in. So, Pete, what is this? I called my mom, she came over to the basket and say, um, and Pete uh, put back seats down and like put all these scooters in there and made this little like comfy cave and it's back in the boot. <laughs> and I got in there like on all fours, all like with no sorry, not no seat belts. <laughs> I was in there on all fours, like rocking around. Um, and I was definitely in labor at this point. Like, I was starting to find it hard to concentrate. You know, all those typical things I tell you about that I just never had the experience with the first time. Um, I just didn't know what natural labor was. So, yeah, it was just like, this labor actually going to come out of a textbook. It was just so spot on. Um, and then we got to Lisbon and um, I sort of took my time waddling in. I had to stop and like wait and to walk a couple of times to get through a contraction and we made it there. And um, the midwife there, I can't remember her name now, I think it was Beck or something like that, but she was so lovely. She was like, oh, I'm so sorry, girl. what do you do? Do you want to get in the shower? Do you want to have a relax? I was like, no, I just want to know how far along I am. I have no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> I still look at the first of my face before. Um, just do an internal, like, you know, and she was like, oh, okay, sure, let's do it then. And she was like, three to four centimeters. Um, yeah, just, just like, you know, get dressed or get changed and something comfortable, have a shower, a little bit, you know, see how you go. And I was like, okay, so I just got out and had a shower. And, um, the contractions were pretty intense at this stage, like, I was finding it really hard to concentrate with them. Um, and I think maybe like an hour later, um, and I'll sort of my memory sort of goes at this point because I think the whole thing felt like maybe like four hours into labor, sort of when I turned up a bit more. Um, and I think I must have just laid it sort of all over a little while. I like, sort of checked my blood pressure here and then, here and then it was fine, and checked all these heart rate in my hand, it was fine as well. And then I think I felt really fine. I just like disappeared, kind of lost my head. I don't remember who was saying what. I don't remember the obstetrician coming in. At like five to check on the other, um, he sort of stood up at five and four a.m. Yeah, four a.m. to check on me too. And then all of a sudden, I was like, I need to push. And everyone was like, What? Like, what do you mean? Hello. Like, 
this is an hour after like two hours. Yeah, two hours So had to put up the water, had to put it across the air to go to birth at all. So I actually for a while. And they're like, What? Like, really? And I was like, yes, I need to push it. I was like, shut up. I think I'm not pretty like, I need to get this point. I need to get this point. And I started pushing and they called my other pushing in and he was like, yep, I can feel the head. Like, he is definitely about to have a baby. And I was like, I think I'd sort of taken myself to the ground. You know how it is? I don't really remember what happened because it was so at the time. But I remember being like in a corner, leaning over the birth ball, holding onto like the wall, like out of bed, I think, um, just crouching. And um, yeah, I just started pushing. Like it just kind of was such a strong urge. Like, I was pushing, and I think like within, I think after like four pushes, he was like, "Yeah, I can definitely feel the head. Like you've probably got two pushes left." And I was like, "I'm not doing this." So I couldn't believe it, but I was also just so focused. Mm. Um, and I just pushed twice, yeah, twice, I think, and he just came, like, hurtling out. <laughs> he literally just, like, flew out into the, into the doctor's hands, and he was just there. And I just, I just, I just turned around. This was the most beautiful moment. I've got a photo of this. I'm so happy I do. Um, I just turned around, and I just kicked him up. It was, like, a natural instinct, so I did get the exercise this day because it was all, all sort of done. Like, I'm not criticizing your medical 
um, expertise on that, trying to tell you to do your job medically. Um, because, you know, I'm here on the ride, my baby's alive, I'm healthy. Like, thanks for that. But I really feel that you failed um, at an emotional level because I didn't feel supported. I was felt scared. I felt mm. traumatized. It took a really long time to get over that. And there was no sort of um, empathy, really, from a lot of them. Yeah, birth um, is so much more than a healthy baby and a healthy mum. Thank you so much for chatting with me, Freya. And Oh, thanks for listening. It's been so nice to relive it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, and thanks for making such an amazing platform. Can you make a talk about this stuff? I think it's so important. It's really important to learn that this come in all ways and all scenarios. And, you know, there's all sorts of situations that can happen and um, that women feel sort of supported in that, I think, is really important. And to speak your story is part of that support. So. Thank you for asking that to Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for listening to Freya's story. I'll be bringing you fortnightly sessions every second Wednesday and you can follow along at The Birth Library on both Facebook and Instagram. If you have a birth experience yourself that you'd like to share, I would love to hear from you.